All right. Good morning, everyone. I want to call to order the Board of Supervisors meeting of Tuesday, January 9th, 2024. And our first order of business is to take the roll and read about public participation. Thank you. Supervisor Rice? Here. Supervisor Lucan? Here. Supervisor Sackett? Here. Supervisor Radoni? Here. Supervisor Moulton Peters? Here. If you're joining us today on Zoom and would like to participate, please use the raise hand icon located on your screen. If you are participating by landline, please press star nine to raise your hand. When it is your turn to speak, your name will be called and you will be asked to unmute your device. If you are participating by landline, you will hear that you are unmuted. That concludes the instructions and I will pass the meeting back to President Moulton Peters. Very good. Okay, our first order of business after that now is the organization of the board. This is our annual changing of the guard. I would entertain a motion for the new slate of officers. I would be happy to make that motion and move as a slate. Um, Dennis Rodoni for president, Mary Sackett for vice president, and Eric Lucan for second vice, vice president. Uh, very good. Is there a second? I'll second that. Thank you. We have a motion and a second. I will take public comment on this if there's any. I'm not seeing anyone in the chambers. Is there anyone online? Yes, the first speaker is Eva. Please unmute. Thanks. Uh, going forward in 2024, whatever the lineup is going to be, I'd like to recommend uh, that you commit yourself to transparency. We had a lot of issues um, in 2023 with, with um, what the Board of Supervisors and the County Administrator were involved in. I still don't have, if, if Dennis Rodoni is gonna be the new president of the Board of Supervisors, I still don't have any clarity or explanation from him um, about, uh, you know, people he helped appoint to the Sheriff's Civilian Work oversight working group connected to law enforcement or have multiple conflicts of interest. Uh, that's extremely problematic. Uh, Heidi Merchant in particular, um, who turns out to be married to the third most powerful law enforcement official in Sonoma County, but who also undisclosed to anyone in the public, uh, which should have been an official notice for, for all of the conflicts of interest. She was all also a Marin County Sheriff Deputy and a Sonoma County Sheriff Deputy. Uh, this wasn't disclosed by the county. It wasn't disclosed, disclosed by Serge Marin, uh, which apparently may have received some funding from the county for programs that Merchant was running with regard to quote unquote social justice slash quote unquote racial justice. Um, that's extremely problematic and you haven't demonstrated any indication uh, that uh, you are going to, to address these issues before you move forward with uh, Sheriff Civilian Oversight. And Merchant isn't by any stretch the only, uh, the only problematic uh, member of that working group. Thank you. The next speaker is Rodrigo Izquierdo, please unmute. Um, good morning. Happy New Year. I wanted to just mention um, the, that the HRC has not, um, the public doesn't know what the status of the HRC is. And at the last meeting, 
it was again the same as what you're doing now. It was time to elect a new chair. And you had a new member who, who's, you know, who should have known better, but she went along with a vote to have the chair reelected to the same chair position, which has for the last year caused five cancellations, a lot of havoc and even violence. And he permitted it. So in a way, having him as the chair again, with a new member being intimidated into voting for this person is problematic. And in a way, it, it just, you, you gotta be kidding. You have, you don't, right now, you have a procedure where you all turn uh, and uh, take turns being the president of the Board of Supervisors, but with the Human Rights Commission, uh, you have people who don't want to be the chair. So the same people, the same people are going to have control over the HRC, which is a like a, a junta, a dictatorship. You have people who just don't want to be that. They don't want to step up. There is no requirement. So in other words, you have, you make it, absolutely possible for the same people to always have control. You don't have any kind of procedure whatsoever to have a changing of the guard, to have new presidents, or to have some kind of a good record to uh, warrant you being the chair. So in a, way, in a way, since you're going to be reorganizing it, please tell us what the status is and then have some kind of new procedures. Thank you. President Mo Peters, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Thank you. We have a motion and a second to elect uh, Supervisor Radoni as president, Supervisor uh, Sackett as vice president, and Supervisor Lucan as second vice president. All in favor? Aye. 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 That motion carries. Congratulations to all our new members. Thank you uh, to the board for electing me. And I do want to thank uh, Supervisor Moulton Peters for her service this year. And as a tradition, we have a little gift for her. Uh, this particular gift is really from all over West Marin and Marin. It's a basket of goodies for her to enjoy uh, with her staff or her family. And just really want to thank her for her service. Thank you, everyone. Looks like I'm going on a picnic in West Marin. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Nicely done, Radoni staff. Thank you, yeah. And so, uh, as is the tradition, I wanted to give the uh, outgoing president a chance to make comments either about 23 or 24, and then we'll I, I'll do the same and pass it on to other board members. So, Stephanie, would you like to go first? Sure, be happy to. You know, I'll say just very briefly what an honor and a privilege it was to work with this board 
over the last year. And I was particularly happy to welcome Supervisor Sackett and Supervisor Lucan to the board and work again with Supervisor Radoni and Supervisor Rice. We have a very strong, very collegial uh, and, and varied team in terms of background and expertise. And I think we work extremely well together. Uh, so we, we had a very full year last year. I think uh, our county executive and I breathed a sigh at the end of the year and went, wow, we did that. Uh, they're all full years and they're all very impactful years. I wanna thank our staff, all of you here in the chambers today and listening online for all of your dedication and very hard work. The challenges we face are not easy ones to resolve and you all show incredible uh, determination, creativity, and collaboration with each other to help us move forward on all the issues facing us. So, you know, going forward, I'll just say, for me, uh, the issues are a continuation in my district of uh, resolving longstanding issues uh, on Richardson Bay and the renovation of Golden Gate Village uh, and working for um, just strengthening all of our Southern Marin communities. So. Uh, I'm still going to be at it, and we're still going to make progress. And again, I'm very happy to work with this team. Thanks to everyone for a great year last year and more to come this year under Dennis's leadership. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, I, too, want to thank, first of all, the clerk staff who do a lot of the work to set up these meetings, our county employees, and our fellow, my fellow board members for a successful 2023 and looking forward to 2024. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Supervisor Moulton Peters for her leadership, encouragement, and for the great work she did last year in keeping us organized and on a state, straight path forward. Um, and lastly, thanks to our board aides who really keep us on track and focused day in the day-to-day -day issues that we need to be focused on. And they really do the hard work behind the scenes. So thanks so much to the, the board aides. <clears throat> My priorities for 2024 are really focused on the six board priorities. In addition, I am focusing on board meetings be efficient, being efficient, productive, and transparent. As you may have noticed, we are going to two board meetings a month with the Housing Authority meeting on the odd Tuesday that we're off. So this will mean that we have more, uh, more business to do in a shorter period of time and being efficient is most important. Um, there will be a couple days next year where we will have a board meeting and an MHA meeting at the same, the same day, but that's only on a rare occasion and the MHA meetings now will be a set time on that odd Tuesday at 1.30 in the afternoon. Improving accessibility to the board meetings online and in person will be our focus this year with some changes starting today and other changes starting happening over the next several months. Again, thanking the clerk staff for that, those changes. Several major changes will occur this year at the county. We have a new HHS director coming on and we will now be announcing that later today. Welcome, doctor. Um, and, and in March, Matthew retires and a new county executive comes on board. Well, we will all miss Matthew um, and we wish him the very best in his retirement. At the same time, new, new leadership at the county for the very first time in almost two decades is some, meets, means we will have some challenges. My job as president is to make sure the transition is as seamless as possible, assisting both new and old along the way. My other county priorities for me include asking for a minimum wage ordinance to be adopted by the end of this next year. 
My staff and I will also be working on developing another major environmental project around community resilience this year. And I will continue to advocate for county services to be delivered to the residents where they live. Focusing on District 4, we have decisions to make later this week about the short-term rental ordinance. And I will continue to focus on visitor and community serving infrastructure on the coast in the following months. Finishing the acquisition and completion of the design and planning for a new fire station at the San Geronimo Commons is a 24 priority for me. Tackling Tamales Bay needs with multiple, which has multiple jurisdictions uh, in that environment and how to bring decision-making to the forefront and engage all stakeholders and the public agencies in developing a strategy for the next decade will be our priority. And lastly, reviewing our commissions and reviewing processes around our commissions will be taken on in the first half of 2024. And today I'm asking Supervisor Lucan to join me on this subcommittee so we can start this process in the next couple of weeks. Again, thank you. And I really appreciate the chance to be president for the second time. And I'll pass this on to Vice President Sackett. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I will just go over a couple of my priorities for the for the year. Um, as as equity is embedded in all that we do, I'm I look forward to the opportunity to bring forward the AB eleven eighty five sheriff's oversight um, ordinance. We're working closely with the working group, with the sheriff's office, with the DSA, um, and I really want to thank Sheriff Scardina for engaging in this work um, so that we haven't public forum for transparency um, and talking about law enforcement policy. Um, last year we got through the, or was it this year we got through the housing element, I guess about a year ago today. Um, and I think we're gonna start to see more and more interest in some of those sites that we talked about in that housing element. And we might start to see some things come forward. And with that, just wanting to ensure that we are at the forefront of those discussions with our with anybody who's looking at developing so that we can make sure that we get the infrastructure in place that we're connected to transit and, and our pathways and that we are really communicating with our schools so that any new development project that comes forward has um, a, a countywide and community-wide um, approach. And I also want to continue working with our state delegation to talk about the end of our eight-year arena cycle on our housing element um, and, you know, really recognize that few projects come to fruition in eight years and that, you know, how can we, how can we work on making progress while also not um, facing draconian penalties? Um, in working with our whole person care and homelessness team, I hope that over this coming year that we can take a more countywide approach. Um, I, it, homelessness is not something that one jurisdiction can solve alone. And I hope that we, I really appreciate the work that's been done on Binford Road and itemizing all of the pieces that go into supporting folks um, experiencing homelessness. And I hope that we can really work in tandem on the nuts and bolts with our cities and towns um, to look for, you know, itemize who's doing what and to look for the holes and work collaboratively to find funding and opportunities to close those holes. So I'm committed to working um, on that 
very closely with the city in San, of San Rafael in particular, but with all of our jurisdictions. Um, and I'm looking forward to the 30 Joseph Court project being one of the solutions that is a countywide approach where we'll have an opportunity, 15 beds of a former um, fire station that will provide people that have who are experiencing homeless or who are experiencing mental health and substance abuse orders as a as a residential treatment facility in order to address that and just noting that that's not a count that's not a county only facility but it'll be open um, across the board. I appreciate Supervisor Moulton Peters um, commitment to working on the revitalization of Golden Gate Village. I'm too excited about having a development partner and hope that this is the year that we can get that really moving forward. Um, continue to focus on the IHSS wages for our in-home supportive services. We, uh, I appreciate that we have voted to move those hourly wages from $16.95 to $18 an hour. Um, last year and just want to look forward to to continuing to support the public authority um, in supporting those those workers that are so crucial to our community. Um, when we talk about climate, transportation is one of our biggest sectors, and I think the countywide transportation plan is an opportunity where we can really bring all of our work together um, to support transit, to support our bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure and to support any new development projects that come forward. Um, and I uh, will continue to advocate that yellow bus service has to be a part of that. And uh, I'm looking forward to later this month, I understand the active transportation planner position will be coming to this board. So I'm excited to see, to get that person on board so we can really um, bring all these pieces together to ensure that we are really thinking about how we get kids to school, but also how we um, transport our older adults and others around this community so that everybody can engage and be supported. Disaster preparedness, I love to see the rain and, and it's great to not have fires right now, but um, all we, I appreciate with the Office of Emergency Services and others that we always have our eye on that and that we're really kind of expanding that discussion to also talk again about flood and other disasters that we hope don't come our way, but we wanna be pre prepared for. And in particular in District 1, um, continuing to focus on the 576 homes that are protected by the Santa Venetia um, timber reinforced berm that needs to be replaced. Um, and finally, I also wanna thank um, my colleagues on the board. I think I, I do feel very fortunate as of, with Supervisor Lucan engaging with CSAC and so forth, really understanding that we have something unique here um, and our ability to work together and um, for the good of all of our residents is, is not to be taken for granted. So I really appreciate that. I want to appreciate um, my aides, Julia Reinhard and um, Gustavo Gonzalez, who has left us for Health and Human Services, which I think is great for the county. And I'm really excited to welcome Crystal Martinez um, to our team. I think we will, it's gonna be a great year. In that. Um, so thank you all for your help. And I also wanna appreciate um, all of our county employees. None of our priorities would be possible without the work that you do every single day. Um, and I know with these big changes coming ahead that uncertainty and change is hard and um, can be stressful and you know makes makes people think about things differently. And so 
I think we, um, I'll speak for myself and I think all of us that we want to make sure that the, that the changeover is as seamless as it possibly can be and that we're here to support you um, and just always looking at opportunities and um, places where we can incentivize um, and keep people um, working in the jobs that they do to support all of our priorities. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you, Supervisor Sackett. Uh, Supervisor Lucan. Uh, thank you, Supervisor Rodoni, and um, looking forward to working with you as our new board president this year. I want to thank Supervisor Moulton-Peters for a great 2023. Uh, as I reflect and look back at 2023, for me, it really was a great freshman year uh, here at the Board of Supervisors. I really want to thank my my upper classmates on the board who showed me the ways early on. It was, uh, it's been a great, great year. Uh, my, the faculty, all of the staff at the County of Marin who uh, continue to educate me and, and show me the ways around county government. Um, we've got really top-notch staff here. And, and to my team, uh, Leslie Weber and Tanya Albert on the District 5 team um, who did most of my homework all year long, uh, thank you for all of your support. It's uh, great working with you. Uh, when I look back at 2023, the highlights, uh, you know, it starts with the adoption of our housing element at the beginning of the year, uh, the continued work we've made on Binford Road throughout the course of the year, and then kind of summing up 2023 were the 10 units uh, that we were able to secure in Novato for aging out foster youth uh, that are deed restricted and, and permanent. Uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for the Foster Care Association uh, to be able to acquire that building in Novato. So that really sort of highlights the, the 2023 uh, for me, uh, looking forward, uh, really kind of look at 2024 in three main focus areas. Uh, number one is, is focus on people. Uh, as a local government, we are in the people business with 23 agencies, approximately 2,400 employees, empowering and strengthening our workforce, um, ensuring that we have strong retention in the tight labor market is really key um, to be able to provide the great service that we do day in and day out for all of the, the residents in the community of Marin. Um, we also have some key people changes that are happening, a uh, new uh, director of health and human services that we're going to be um, formalizing today with new uh, county executive that will be coming on. Um, so a lot of changes and transitions around people, uh, all the more reason to continue to focus on that area. And then ultimately the people that we serve. Uh, when we look at the county of Marin, uh, knowing that still far too many individuals remain unhoused, far too many individuals in our county are struggling and continue to struggle to make ends meet. And how do we continue to advance our equity work? Because we know that uh, for people of color, the disparities are even greater. So a real focus on people as we head into 2024. Um, I'll be leaning in and continue to lean in heavily on early childhood education. Uh, how can we uh, continue to make that affordable for, for families of, of all different um, backgrounds uh, in our county? Um, continuing our work on, on housing uh, and homelessness. Um, in conjunction with our cities and towns, continuing the work in District 5 on Binford Road, but recognizing that uh, homelessness is, uh, affects our entire county, uh, and we need to uh, continue to uh, come up with better plans and better solutions for our unhoused community. And then continue the great work we've done with our housing element that I thought was very forward-looking. Um, there's always a lot of focus on the numbers and the allocations um, but over the next several years, we'll be working on the implementation of the programs in our housing element, which is really the, the, the crux of our housing element. So real focus on people heading into 2024. Another focus on places. Um, not always the most popular of topics, but we need to continue to invest. Uh, using our one-time dollars has been significant, but it's not enough to take care of all of our needs. Uh, 2024, I see as an opportunity to lay the groundwork for broader capital needs around the county, prioritizing infrastructure and facilities. 
Uh, it's always more exciting to invest in new programs or shiny new objects, um, but it's often more prudent uh, to continue to maintain what we have. Uh, key places uh, to focus on include our Civic Center campus, the Veterans Memorial Auditorium, Juvenile Hall, libraries, fire facilities, a multi-year plan for streets and roads, uh, and as well as our parks, where there's much interest on a fully inclusive Magical Bridge playground and, of course, pickleball. Um, so in addition to uh, people and places, we need to keep a focus on our planet and our environment, reducing greenhouse gas emissions in transportation and in our built environment. Um, can't be allowed to just plateau as our planet continues to warm and sea level rise uh, continues to threaten our critical infrastructure. Expanding EV adoption, greening our public fleets, reducing VMT, investing in bike pet improvements uh, all present an opportunity for us. And I think as a county, we could uh, be a convener in many of these areas with our cities and towns. Just one small example, all of our cities and towns have in some form limited uh, a ban on these small off-road engines like gas uh, leaf blowers. I think the county could come alongside and not just uh, complement with a similar ban, but also really help uh, with the education and awareness around where we're going. So uh, when I look forward to 2024, it's about people, places, and our planet. I look forward to working with my colleagues for a great year. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor. Supervisor Rice. Yeah, good morning. I just love our freshman class. Don't you love our <laughs> freshman class? It's a sophomore now. Not, <laughs> barely. <laughs> and as the senior, um, so um, I guess I want to just Happy New Year to everybody. Um, it is it is just, it's a mark on the calendar and every day is, is the first day, right, of the rest of the year, but it, it is an opportunity for a little reflection and, and sort of uh, gauging where we are at. Um, for my district, for District 2 in my office, um, as well as for the county, as has been mission, uh, mentioned, it is a year of transition. Um, not just for me, I've got all, I'm, I'm here for the rest of the year. I'm here every single day of 2024, so don't count me out, anyone. Um, but we also have some transition within um, our office. And um, I want to welcome on board Fel Agrelius to my staff in the back of the room. Fel comes to us from um, work in, uh, with partners out in the community. Uh, she actually is an elected official with the Marin County Office of Education, and she's worked with the city of San Rafael, as well as many other endeavors out in the county of Marin and beyond. And really, really pleased to have you on board, taking the place of my wonderful uh, Crystal Martinez, who moved on to Supervisor Sackett's office, which is a perfect place uh, for Crystal, given that she lives in this in the um, the district. And then Susanna Clark is um, holding uh, my second seat's place um, while we wait to onboard my second new staff. I want to thank Susanna, who I don't see. Where is she? She's somewhere here. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she um, is has been great for all of our offices in sort of holding down the forts as we make transitions with staff and I will be introducing my um, second aid later in February but um, very very happy to have you on board fell and really excited about the year ahead and part of the work that um, that I'll be doing is onboarding my staff and introducing them to the various uh, residents projects um, uh, things that are going on out in the community in which I really rely on my aides to interface and work with community leaders, uh, neighbors, 
uh, folks working on projects um, across District 2. And along with that is not only um, doing that warm handoff from one aid uh, to another in terms of introducing to uh, constituents and residents, but also to the staff across the county who we work with really closely, whether it's CDA, or DPW or Health and Human Services, a lot of the smaller stuff, the smaller issues and projects that are happening out in our communities don't rise to the level of the big issues that we tend to remark on here um, at the dais, but is the ongoing work of all of our offices as we work on little stuff across the county and, and, and making our, our community stronger, better and being responsive to um, our residents. So I look forward to that work and I wanna thank not only my aides, but county staff for working so closely with their offices. Um, you've just been great. Um, I hope to be as much help as possible in the transition um, as we say goodbye to Matthew and onboard our new um, county executive. I think that's critically important. As the senior, um, I do, I've been here now 20 years. I do have quite a bit of institutional knowledge and you know, I know where all the, where all the skeletons are, the bodies are buried, that sort of thing. Um, uh, but um, seriously, I do. It's this is really important, and and as you mentioned, Supervisor Rodoni, it's not. It's you know transitions are opportunities, but they're also challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think we all need to be on board to support this transition. And I'll um, do my best to support um, us going forward. Very very happy to welcome. Um, be welcoming a little later this morning our new Health and Human Services Director. We'll hear more about her, but I think we're really really fortunate. Um, to be bringing a doctor on board. Um, I think the only other thing I really want to mention, and it's been these issues have been mentioned a couple of times, but these are these ongoing, most challenging issues. And specifically, I want to speak to uh, homelessness. Um, Eric and I sit on our homelessness and permanent supportive committee for the board. Um, we will really be leaning in and to Supervisor Sackett's comments around really working with the cities, all the cities. This is a countywide issue. We do need more clarity on lanes, but we also really need to strengthen our relationships and the collaboration. This is gonna be an ongoing challenge for all of us countywide, not just this year, but for the year in the years to come. And I'm really proud of the work that we've done as a county and with our partners. Um, but I think that um, we are gonna to have to further gird ourselves and strengthen our relationships with our partners and um, fine-tune what we're doing. I think we can, we can do more and we can do better. Similarly, um, uh, Eric and I sit on the Affordable and Workforce Housing Committee. And um, I think that's critically important, not just the committee work, obviously, but um, implementing our housing element programs, leveraging our housing trust dollars. Um, I was uh, really, ha I had the pleasure of visiting Vivalon, the Healthy Aging Campus over the break um, what a what a beautiful facility, housing, programming, services for the broader community as well. Um, I think that the role that the county can play both in leveraging our dollars and in supporting projects like this, our home key projects and others is really critically important and we can lead here. And again, it is about collaborating and partnering. Um, and then lastly, on the, the sea level rise front, Stephanie and I sit on the sea level rise committee for our board. Um, there is an, we look forward to bringing on um, some help as we look at our internal structure of how this county as an organization will be addressing sea level rise, but um, as importantly, if not more importantly, how do we organize as a county um, working with cities, towns, and the various agencies and the private 
sector and residents in terms of working together to strategize and implement sea level rise adaptation and projects going forward. I think that's um, critically important and look forward to that work. So I think, um, I think that's it. Obviously lots else going on, but I wanna leave it there. Those are the top of the fold issues. And I look forward to the work ahead. I wanna thank my colleagues. I wanna especially thank you uh, Supervisor Moulton Peters for your incredible leadership over the course of the last year. And Dennis, um, thank you for taking on the role this year. Um, it, is, it, is a, it is not just a city, sitting here um, in the center seat at the dais taking on this role of president of the board. There's a lot of extra work that comes with it. And I really appreciate the time and effort and look forward to working with you, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're on agenda item two. And before going to the county executive for his report, I want to open up the opportunity for any board members to talk about board matters that they want to discuss at this time. Eric, anything? Katie? Nope. All right. I have nothing also. So we'll go to the county executive for his report. All right. Well, good morning, supervisors. And I just wanted to add my uh, happy new year's and appreciation. I want to uh, especially thank uh, Super Supervisor Moulton Peters for her presidency this last year. It's been a, a real partnership and I learned a lot working with you this last year. And I, I, you know, I think we continue to make progress on our top priorities. So thank you for all the, your dedication in that. And then I want to also thank the full board. Um, I think, you know, I think staff really appreciate the support and the leadership you provide throughout the year. And, and uh, several of you alluded to the transition and I, I want to take this this moment to really um, thank my team, the county executive team um, and the county leadership team. And we are blessed to have a talented and dedicated team. And I'm really confident that this transition is going to go smoothly because of them. And I, you know, I'm committed to do whatever I can to make that, uh, but I'm make that happen. But I'm I'm confident that you, that that I'm leaving you with a team that's really going to continue to make progress on our board's most priority, you know, highest priorities. And so uh, look forward to working with that over the next couple months. And I am here till the end of March. So, um, so going on to more mundane matters, I did want to point out that um, staff has submitted a revised schedule to item 9E. So when we present that item, we will hand that out, but it's also posted online. It's just a, a revised attachment for the, um, the successor agency item that's on your agenda. And then I believe we have um, on our consent item, we have our new federal lobbyist. Uh, we did a RFP process and are excited to bring on Capri and Clay. And I believe they are online. So if I could ask Al to bring um, David Wetmore and Debbie Handler in to have a brief uh, Zoom introduction, if you could. Coming in. I see him coming in now, so it'll just be a minute. Welcome, uh, David and Debbie. Would you like to introduce yourself? 
Well, good morning. Um, I'm David Wetmore, and with me is my colleague, Laura Morgan Kessler. I'm not seeing her on here. Um, very nice to be with you. Thank you, Matthew, for the introduction. Uh, supervisors, it's wonderful to meet you. I'm David Wetmore, I'm a partner in the firm. And as I indicated, Laura Morgan Kessler is also joining me on this project. And we are the team from Carpe and Clay. Our firm was founded in 1986 as a bipartisan federal advocacy firm on behalf of California local governments, which now includes several counties. And we're excited to have been selected to work with you and pleased with this opportunity to meet and work with you in furtherance of your board's objectives and goals. Very briefly, my career has spanned working in Congress, United States Senate, working for state government and running a trade association of um, a multi-state trade association on behalf of, of state officials. I joined the firm in 2007. I started my career in the Senate. I think I was the first person to be a legislative assistant for intergovernmental affairs, which means I was the pivot point for local government officials, state officials who were coming to Washington to solve problems, money for a project, permits, regulatory changes, et cetera, and really learned to see where the challenges were on behalf of local government. I followed that up to be the director of the state of California's Washington, D.C. office, where I also partnered with counties quite often, um, and saw from the state's perspective how these federal programs were being managed in a state-county uh, nexus. Uh, I've been with the firm since 2007, and I think I would say the totality of my experiences have shown me um, uh, the issues from A to Z that you must be dealing with, number one. But I'd say more importantly, the feds have all the money, the states have all the power, and you, the board of supervisors and staff, have all the responsibility and accountability to implement, implement the new rules, the new laws, <laughs> manage cost shifts, mandates, and those types of things. And so we're really looking forward to working with you to help navigate this and, and secure the goals and objectives you would like. Laura? Thanks, David. Good morning. And as David said, we really appreciate the opportunity to be here. We're really excited to begin working on behalf of the county. Just kind of a little bit about me very briefly. Uh, I'm a native Californian. I hail from Southern California and you know have really focused my career working and helping Californians. I started my time here in DC working for the late Senator Dianne Feinstein and handled a portfolio of issues for her that really focused uh, around infrastructure, transportation, water infrastructure, energy, natural resources. Um, since I left the Hill a little more than 17 years ago, I've spent the, that time lobbying on behalf of public entities. Uh, I've represented cities, counties, water and wastewater utilities throughout the state of California. Um, I have helped my clients secure federal funding through both the community um, project request process, as well as competitive grants. Um, David and I work closely together on several clients uh, in the firm who are also public entities within California. And then briefly outside of the office, uh, I have the pleasure of serving on the board of directors for an organization uh, in DC called Women in Government Relations that supports over 1200 government relations professionals. So hopefully that tells you a little bit about the two of us. Um, as I said, we're very excited to begin working on your behalf. We know we're going to bring um, a fresh approach and a new energy and are excited to get the ball rolling. 
Terrific. Thank you, David, and thank you, Laura. And we look forward to meeting you in the near future, hopefully in person. So we look forward you. to that. Thank you. Matthew, is that it on your That's report? the end of my report. Yeah. Right. So now we're going to go to comments on item two, which is the Board of Supervisors remarks, the county executive report. We'll go to the uh, online first, Al. I see there's two hands raised. Yes, the first speaker is Eva. Please unmute. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Thanks. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Mr. Heimel was too modest. He, he declined to note um, his, one of his accomplishments in 2023 was um, being named in a suit, um, uh, the 825 Drake suit. So um, that, that's, that's disappointing. Um, I would like to know how much uh, money the county's going to be spending on uh, these two individuals who just spoke, uh, one of whom has the distinction of having worked for Diane Feinstein, uh, who who never failed um, to approve of military appropriations bills uh, in her career in, in the Senate, and uh, was you know unfortunately, even though she was a Democrat, was was um, arguably one of the most corrupt um, senators. Uh, her you know long relationship with uh, with her husband, Mr. Blum, uh, provided uh, just an insane level of conflict of interest, um, but. We still don't have answers from Mr. Heimel and sometime before he leaves in March, uh, I think he needs to come clean about the Sheriff's Civilian Oversight uh, Working Group because it's clear from Mary Sackett's comments uh, a little bit earlier that you guys are just gonna steamroller uh, that process, that dysfunctional process you already started uh, with no review of, of what was wrong with having these multiple conflicts of interest. Not just, I've, I've spoken about uh, Heidi Merchant uh, and her, uh, her law enforcement uh, experience and also existing connections, very powerful connections, which you uh, refuse to disclose. You refuse to disclose any conflicts of interest uh, with Charlie Drezzo, who was also on that working group. Uh, those were very substantial. Curtis Akins, his uh, law enforcement connections were never uh, uh, explained or, or even revealed to the public. And he's on multiple commissions. So there's something deeply dysfunctional about how you're appointing people that needs to be addressed now that Heimel's leaving. Thank you, Eva. The next um, speaker is Clint Smith. Please unmute. Listening to uh, all your comments on the projects that you have lying ahead of you, I noticed one project that I would hope not, uh, one need, I would say, that uh, doesn't escape your attention, which is the endless traffic jam that people face uh, at the um, 580 intersection during rush hour, particularly going north out of the city and the economic consequences it has to the people who uh, are doing business in the county of Marin, that literally it's like a traffic choke down that lasts often for three, and maybe even sometimes for four hours a day. It has had over the years a severe economic impact on people I know in Southern Marin who are literally blocked from going north. And of course, the impact on all the people trying to transit home from work who have to go through Marin County to Solano or Sonoma. It's really, um, I don't know, it must have, must. Have, it's been going on for 30 years now. 
and receiving almost no attention from you. And so while you're going ahead with all this other spending of transportation funding, I hope you'd actually prioritize this issue, which is of a general interest to the people, not just of Marin, but elsewhere, as opposed to all these little special interests that you seem to be catering to. Those of us in the general public deserve a little bit of public service um, also. Thank you. The next speaker is Rodrigo Izquierdo. Please unmute. I don't want to be a doomsayer, but 2024 will, will possibly be the end of democracy as you know it. If Trump gets in again with a vice president of, say, Nikki Haley, you will see not only his four years, but eight years of the successor dismantling democracy. The first to go will be the Supreme Court. It will be totally conservative. Then after that, you will see that in a way they will solve all the problems that you see right in front of you now. And it will be like a dictatorship. And it will be, they will solve the border crisis. They will solve the homeless project, uh, uh, homeless situation by simply getting rid of those people by force. So in a way, it's really important to have someone who could have a semblance of democracy and that will be to have something to like a human rights commission that actually is there for the right reasons and not for their self-interest things, objectives that they always had for the last 10 years. It's very important that you formulate it in a way that has something to deal with democracy or you know, the, taking care of people and their concerns. It's very important that you get involved and, and formulate it, reorganize it in a way that is not just for a bunch of grifters and armchair philosophers, but actual people who want to deal with uh, the community and the uh, underprivileged. Thank you. Thank you. There are no additional speakers in the queue. So we're going to bring you back to the chamber. This is again as comments on item two. Anyone in the chamber wish to make comments on item two? Okay, seeing no one, we're going to move to item three which is open time for items not on the agenda, but within the subject matter of the jurisdiction of this board. I will take speakers first online and then in the chamber. And given the number of speakers, I may limit the total time to 20, 45 minutes with any remaining comments held to the end of the session today. Uh, first of all, just see how many speakers want to speak online. Al, I see two. I think this looks manageable. So we'll go with two minutes each. And uh, we're starting now for 45 minutes. So thank you. Go ahead. We're going to go online first, Scott. So sorry if any of you want to sit down for a minute or two, feel free to. The um, first speaker see. is Clayton Smith. Please unmute. I think it's important to bring once again to your attention the fact that it is now widely understood that. Um, during the time of the 
vaccination um, with these novel vaccines that were brought to the public by um, particularly Pfizer and Moderna, that these shots have led to the premature deaths of 17 million people worldwide and unparalleled medical disaster that continues to roll on as these shots and the boosters continue to be uh, rolled out onto the unsuspecting public. Uh, this uh, has uh, come to the attention uh, of at least one public health official, the head of the public health services in Florida, Dr. Lapado, who is now recommending that the state of Florida move to prohibit the use of these experimental products on the people of the state of Florida. And I think this should be something that we should think about here, that you should begin discussing openly here uh, during this coming year um, to spare the continued destruction of the immune systems of so many of your constituents here in the County of Marin who are now suffering uh, serial bouts of the so-called COVID um, as a consequence, uh, in my opinion, of having taken so many of these shots. I think it's time for you to rethink this and uh, begin opening up some discussion time to look into it deeper. Thank you. The next speaker is Richard Falk, please unmute. Yes, um, commenting on the uh, uh, vaccination comment uh, this time and then also uh, in the past, uh, Steve Kirch was uh, claims were uh, mentioned as well. Um, and the data does not uh, support that. You can look at excess uh, death data, for example, and see that there's not um, correlations. Um, and the data from New Zealand is the, the same way in spite of what um, some of the claims were. Um, now, that said, what where we're in a stage now is that uh, after vaccinations prevented uh, deaths early on, particularly in Marin because of our high vaccination rates, um, there were still, uh, you know, of course, uh, infections uh, coming because the vaccinations were, although they did help reduce infections, they didn't eliminate those and they were primarily for preventing serious disease. Um, so then the stage became more of, uh, you know, many people were uh, still infected less in Marin than in the, uh, the rest of the United States. As our rate was, we got about half as many as the, um, the I mean, as far as people not yet infected there's uh, we have about twice as many as the rest of the US on average but um what that means is is that there's natural immunity from infection that is uh, uh circulating as well so the pressure for regular vaccinations is lessened because of that and is limited more to towards the people who have um you know either never been uh uh, uh never been infected uh, and in particular the the most vulnerable which would be the um more towards the elderly. So, um, you know, there's not uh, pressure and recommendations for everyone to get vaccinated all the time now, and that's just not happening in Marin anyway or other places. So, um, yeah, so I'll just end it with that. Thanks. The next speaker is Eva. Please unmute.
تمام ريزوم يو ايفا ويلكم باك تو يو ذا نيكست سبيكر از سيف ادي بليز اون ميوت Hi, I'm a constituent from Terra Linda, um, <clears throat> and I would just like to briefly read out um, some of Oakland City Council's uh, ceasefire resolution regarding the conflict in Israel-Palestine. Um, whereas over 1,000 people in Israel and more than 11,000 Palestinians in Gaza have been killed in a matter of weeks, of whom over 5,000 are children, And whereas the city of Oakland recognizes that the current crisis takes place within a long history and affirms that for a pathway to lasting peace and justice to be developed, the root causes of the crisis need to be addressed. And whereas Gaza is in a dire humanitarian crisis that is getting worse with each passing day, with the only remaining hospitals running out of fuel and medical supplies, and over 1.5 million Palestinians facing displacement, homelessness, and starvation, and whereas international organizations like Amnesty International, the United Nations, World Health Organization, the U.S. Agency for International Development, the International Rescue Committee, and many others have made a call for a ceasefire in order to prevent the further loss of life of civilians and to be in accordance with international humanitarian aid. Therefore, be it resolved that the city of Oakland supports the U.S. Congress Resolution H.R. 786 and uh, joins other cities in calling on our Congress members to demand an immediate ceasefire, release of all hostages, the unrestricted entry of humanitarian assistance into Gaza, the restoration of flood, water, electricity, and medical supplies to Gaza, and the respect for international law, and calls for a resolution that protects the security of all innocent civilians. Please consider uh, creating a similar resolution yourselves. You have been called on by many constituents for many weeks in a row, nearly unanimously. This is within your power. It is relevant to us. It is our tax dollars that are funding this assault on humanitarian rights. It is within your power. It is the will of your constituents. Please consider this. Thank you. The next speaker is Eva. Please unmute. Thank you. Um, I, I'd like to, uh, to um, support the comments of the last caller. And um, I'd also like to point out that that there's, there is additional reason, and I've said this before, um, but there's additional reason for you to um, agendize a ceasefire resolution and pass a ceasefire resolution. And that's because not doing so puts your constituents at risk of blowback. And that blowback, um, it could take many forms. It could take the form of a boycott. It could take the form of uh, some sort of economic sanctions against the U.S. or people just deciding that they don't want to do business with the U.S. I think it's hard for, um, you know, the, the powers that be in the county. It's an older county. It's it's getting its news sources um, from, you know, CNN, which is a very, you know, pro-war uh, entity um, to, to really see how urgent this is. But, you know, The younger generation, you've seen a lot of them come to you. Last last uh, Board of Supervisors meeting, it was 35 to 1 in support of a ceasefire resolution. And a lot of those people speaking were kids who managed to come in despite the fact that it was finals week. And, you know, I feel bad for these kids because this is what they're inheriting. And, and it does seem like a lot of the wealthier, older people in the county are just ignoring this. And, and You know, I do want to point out there are a lot of older, you know, very comfortable people in the county who also support a ceasefire resolution. But this is really important 
to take care of and and look at what the kids are are watching look at what they're having to see the violence that they're being subjected to which is being sanitized on cnn but which is available to view um you know on different apps and and on the web is really harmful to them so we need a ceasefire now not to mention what it's doing to to uh children in gaza thank, thank, you, thank you thank you thank you the next speaker is Rodrigo Izquierdo. Please unmute. Hi. Um, I want to further talk about the Human Rights Commission as to that it should be disbanded, not just suspended, because you have to get rid of the commissioners who have been there for, for years now and they do not want to be the chair and they do not want to go out of their comfort zone to go meet the public. They have said so. They have said that they cannot take assignments because they don't go out. So in other words, you, just, you have people who are not going to go meet the public and who make no effort to meet the public, but they're there. And, and sometimes they even have a hard time attending uh, the meeting because it's just simply not important. So you have to, you know, you have to make some kind of effort to, to vet them, to qualify them as to whether they deserve to be, on the com be commissioners in the first place. They said that they don't want to do anything. So they're going to be comfortable to be there forever, you know. Uh, it's not the way it used to be where they were assigned duties and they were cases they have to go out and meet the public. They don't do that anymore. And they said so. They can't even. One person uh, was assigned to get a speaker from Marin City and couldn't do it. You have uh, three blacks on the commission and this sister Hannah could not find a guest speaker. You know, one of them, one of the audience was from Marin City, and she could still not look at him straight in the face, could not find a speaker. So in other words, you just have people who just don't want to do, do anything. They're uh, totally unqualified, and they're going to be there forever. It, it's an injustice to have them there. You have to dismantle thank, them and start thank you, all over Rodrigo. again. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you. Al, I think that's it, correct? That is correct. Yeah, we're going to come back to the chamber now and the first speaker. Go ahead. Welcome, Scott. Good morning, supervisors. Happy uh, 2024 leap year. And um, I'm passing out our calendar from Surfrider Foundation. It's become sort of a tradition. And as I was sitting there looking at it, it's obvious to me that this has moved in a direction of also advocacy um, on pay uh, on in the February section, if you open it up, you'll see that there's um, a mosaic by Tess Felix. And it's pretty controversial in terms of it being a political leader or a non-political leader. But I got I convinced her to submit it to us because the Pope is not only a political leader and a religious leader, he's also an environmental leader. And he's been more active than most governmental um, leaders around the world in advocating for our environment. And then on in the November section, there's also a piece on erosion, coastal, uh, uh, 
deterioration. And one of the things I want to point out to you is that there's 151 tides in this year at six feet or over, 151. There was 144 last year. And this month there's 18. And one of the things you have to understand is anything over six feet is a king tide. I don't care what the Coast Commission says because all of the news channels, all of the weather stations have been forecasting as they did in Thanksgiving holiday and Christmas holiday that the tides are a foot to two feet higher. So they know what's going on. They're just not announcing it in a greater form. So think about it as 151 king tides, and that should that should direct our climate change sea level rise group. Thank you. Amira Hass, the Israeli journalist who lived in Gaza, wrote in her book about her mother, Hannah Hass, who actually survived the Nazi Holocaust. And what struck the mother most, her most vivid memory, because she did survive, was when she was being march marched past with all the other Jews to the concentration camps. She remembered the German housewives coming out of their houses and standing on the front doorstep to watch. And those German housewives did nothing to stop what was happening. They just stood and they watched. And their silence was complicity in the Holocaust. Now, admittedly, in Germany, if you did take um, a stand against it, against the Nazis, like Sophie Scholl did and her brother Hans, you would have been executed, as they were. Two young kids, just in their early 20s, both got executed for speaking out. So many of those German housewives probably didn't want to say anything. Now, today, I doubt that any of you five would be executed if you spoke out against the current genocide that is happening in Gaza right now. You need to do something. You can't say it's not our business because whatever you do, if you pass this resolution, Jared Huffman will notice. He might not like it because he sold his soul to the Israel lobby, but he will notice. And if enough cities and counties do this, he will have to act. San Francisco is voting this afternoon. Don't let them get ahead of you. Now, on the internet, there was a little girl who was following the body of her mother screaming, Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Mommy, Mommy, wake up! Don't let any other little girls go through that. We've got to act now. Don't be a German housewife. Thank you. Time's up. Good morning, supervisors. Uh, my name is Chris Jewell. I'm a retired software engineer and resident of Terra Linda for 32 years. Um, I'm respectfully calling on the Board of Supervisors to put forward a resolution calling for a permanent ceasefire in Gaza with the exchange of hostages for Palestinian political prisoners that are being held without trial in Israel. Um, the topic of um, genocide has, has come up and you might think that uh, that's too strong a word. However, I suspect that you do actually know by now that South Africa is uh, petitioning the uh, International Court of Justice, formerly 
applying to invoke the Genocide Convention against the State of Israel. Download the document and print it out here. It's full of details. Uh, this is the actual thing that they'll, they'll be passing or, or talking about at the International Court of Justice. It is the responsibility of us, Marin County, to express solidarity with um, other Bay Area cities, city, cities and county, counties, uh, Oakland, Richmond, and we think San Francisco after today, uh, Davis uh, further, further away. Uh, and um, as a wealthier, mostly white county, uh, we should be interested in, very interested more so in equity and racial justice. Um, we're seeing a lot of Islamophobia um, and, and, and anti-Semitism in this county um, as a result of the turmoil in Gaza. Uh, the humane thing to do is to um, express our solidarity, as I mentioned. Um, I guess that's about all, all the time I have. So um, thank, thank you. you very much. Good morning. My name is Ariane Schneider-Stocking. I'm from Terra Linda. I'm here yet again, still advocating for an immediate ceasefire now. And please listen very carefully. I'm really relating you a summary of a report of Doctors Without Borders, also known as Médecins Sans Frontières. A shell broke through the wall of an MSF shelter housing over 100 staff and their families. January 8, yesterday, in Khan Yunis, injuring four people, including five-year-old daughter of a staff member in critical condition now. Staff and families have moved to another location. MSF had informed Israeli forces that this was an MSF shelter. MSF did not receive evacuation orders related to this facility. We condemn, I condemn this latest attack, and it shows again, yet again, no one and nowhere is safe in Gaza. 2.3 million Palestinians are currently trapped in Gaza, where heavy bombardment and indiscriminate attacks by Israeli forces have turned a chronic humanitarian crisis into a catastrophe. More than 22,000 people have been killed, 2 million internally displaced, no food, no clean water, no shelter, no health services. Palestinians face a heightened risk of disease and starvation. And while the siege and bombardment of Gaza continues, the few hospitals that remain operational are completely overwhelmed and lack essential medical supplies that can save lives. Supervisors Mary Sackett, Katie Rice, Stephanie Moulton-Peters, Dennis Rodoni, Eric Lucan, are you just gonna look away? Are you just keep not taking a stand against blatant genocide? You said, Katie, you want to be responsive to residents in Marin County? Please do so. Pass an immediate, permanent, lasting ceasefire Thank resolution you. now and stop arming Israel. <laughs> Well, I'm an 85-year-old uh, Jew who's known about this all too long. I've been, I've been there three times. The last time into Gaza to to visit a deaf school, 
uh, and visit a girl I have been supporting there. Um, uh, obviously a Palestinian. Um, and, um, and I'm fourth generation born here in California, 50 years in, in Marin County. And I really, it's very personal, but, um, but I'm very proud of the anti-Zionist Jews here. And I am a member, I was in, in uh, I was one of the demonstrators that shut down the, um, the, uh, the first session here in California of the, uh, of 2024 um, uh, assembly and, and there. And, and I was ready to be arrested, whatever. I've been arrested twice now. Uh, earlier in, in this thing. And, you know, this is not going away. This is not going back to the, the status quo of it's only, it's only Palestinians, you know, uh, that the Jewish uh, lobby um, with money and they say votes. Thank goodness they're losing them really rapidly. P uh, Jews are talking to the anti-Zionist uh, organizations here in California. The young people are online. They see what's happening. A lot of the speakers that I've been here before are young people, are young Jews, and they want your help to stop this. But I mean, and you have to think, do we really want the USA to get a solid thing of being a genocidal country? You, your time's up. Good morning and thank you. My name is Gila Rice and I'm here representing over 400 signatures households in Marin County. And as residents of Marin County, we thank you, the board, for not bringing forward a resolution calling for the permanent ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Not only are such matters well outside the purview of the board, but debates over such resolutions in other local government venues have generated divisive and hateful rhetoric aimed at anyone who would speak up in support of Israel, primarily members of the Jewish community. In re the, re the repeated pattern of hate speech turned into hateful support, hateful action, once again on display in Oakland just a few weeks ago with the destruction of the Chanukiah at Lake Merritt during Chanukah and a violent attack against Israeli supporters this past weekend in El Cerrito saw two people assaulted. Hamas can bring about a permanent ceasefire tomorrow by laying down its weapons and releasing all of the hostages. A ceasefire without these steps would enable Hamas to remain in power and to carry out its publicly declared promise to repeat the atrocities of October 7th again and again and to kill every Jew in Israel. We appreciate all the efforts that you put into the issues facing Marin County and in Marin County. And I'd like to just hand this in. Who may I hand it to? Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, you're next. Hi, I'm Nicole, a Palestinian American from Novato. I used to think having lived and worked here for 29 years that I was a part of this community. But lately, as I try and connect with you all, it honestly, I'm sorry, but it feels like I'm talking to stones. Um, while you guys were at break, the genocide has only gotten worse. On Christmas Day alone, this is just Christmas Eve into the day, 
70 civilians were murdered in a refugee camp on Christmas Eve, which Israel admitted was a random incorrect munition use. Israel stormed the town of Bethlehem, yes, the literal birthplace of Jesus, abducted dozens of Palestinians and killed a 17-year-old boy. Four churches were bombed that day. One 600-year-old monastery in South Lebanon was also missile striked by Israel for good measure. And honestly, Eric Lucan, I remember you growing up. I, I was a part of church programs and I, I saw you as a faith leader. I thought that there was an authentic tie to the faith as well here with you and that your heart would bleed with these issues as mine has. I thought all these community members, all of you guys would feel this way. You claim to be our community leaders, but lately I've never felt more dehumanized, brutalized, and abandoned. Israel has now set up a literal concentration camp. They call it that. In their territory of Palestinians, which I shared with you the details of in my email, is that not any kind of red line for you guys? And yet the, the call for a ceasefire has not been uttered in the slightest from this board. Um, I really hope you guys find your voice and make a change. Even if you bring it up and say no, it's very demented to feel like it's not even worth discussing. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jeff. I was not expecting to speak today, but after listening to what I've heard, I feel compelled to all the... Uh, all the statements about what's going on in Gaza seem to be, for the most part, except for one or two people, completely one-sided. Israel, as is always the case, seems to be the only country that can be attacked, and when it wants to retaliate, is the only one accused of genocide. Hamas themselves, using their GoPro cameras, filmed the most brutal, medieval type of killings that can ever take place on this planet. You want peace, as I've heard before, you make the terrorists surrender. Hamas, have them release those hostages, lay down their arms. And I will guarantee you, all the people here calling for an immediate ceasefire, in loud voices here, with very stinging vitriol, would not be saying a word if Hamas was winning. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Um, we still have some time left in our Time limit. So there's two speakers online that have added, and we'll entertain these two, Al. Uh, there's three, and that's it now for this because we'll run out of time after the three. Al, go ahead. The first speaker is Rebecca Collins. Please unmute. Good morning, Supervisors, and thank you. Um, I am calling also to ask for an immediate ceasefire. Uh, the UN is saying that Gaza is now uninhabitable. And I think anyone looking at the pictures of Gaza would agree with that. 90% um, of, of people in Gaza go without a single meal every, like for an entire day. There are people who are literally starving, children. There are 50,000 pregnant women who do not get enough to eat. There are women who can no longer breastfeed their babies because they don't have enough to eat. It's a problem for people to get formula, to make formula because the water is so contaminated. There are children who are regularly being operated on without anesthesia for amputations. There have been over a thousand children in Gaza who are no longer 
you know, have all their limbs because of this. And I, I don't think honestly that we even need to tell you all about this. But the question is, the question really is about courage. And I think what was said about the German housewives is, is, is the most relevant thing, is that we are all watching this. Our federal leadership is, is doing nothing. Butler is doing nothing. Padilla is doing nothing. Huffman is doing nothing. And this continues. And the Biden administration is putting absolutely no conditions on this. And South Africa is 100% in the right to accuse Israel of war crimes. And thank you, Christopher, for bringing that. The question here is, is that at what point do our leadership step up, really step up? Thank you, Rebecca. Time's up. The next speaker is Sabrina. Please unmute. Good morning. My name is Sabrina Socorro. I'm a lifelong Marin County resident. I'm calling today to ask the board to pass a permanent ceasefire resolution to find their courage, as the last speaker mentioned, to open their hearts again, because I'm sure you all are feeling or choosing to turn off um, your empathy uh, to close your eyes, to not see the bigger picture. Um, United States and uh, the Israeli state are two of the most powerful states in the entire world. And <clears throat> they have some of the most advanced technology in the world. And so to sit here and say that the murdering of tens of thousands of Palestinian peoples is justified because Hamas exists is completely illogical. If states have the highest technology in the world, can you really say that the only way that they can reach Hamas members is by way of murdering tens of thousands of innocent Palestinian people and displacing millions from their homes. Can we think about that logically? The state of Israel clearly does not care about the safety of Palestinians, nor the safety of our Jewish neighbors. And various, various organizations calling for a ceasefire in the East Bay showed up to decry the, um, the destroying of the menorah in Oakland. And I'd Thank like you, you all to look you. into that as well. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Karina. The next speaker is Elias, please unmute. Uh, hi, I am a uh, Palestinian Israeli American living here in Marin County for more than 30 years. Um, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of Palestinians living here in Marin County, uh, even more living in the Bay Area and they are, their safety is now threatened because of the racism that is coming out of Israel from the Israeli government that is being amplified by pro-Israel organizations here in Marin County. And I want to give you an example of some of that racism that's coming out of the Israeli government that's not being denounced by pro-Israel organizations 
that is endangering the lives of Palestinians living here in Marin County. So <clears throat> the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog, said that there are no innocent civilians in Gaza. This statement was made on a separate occasion by the Israeli Minister of Heritage. The defense minister, <coughs> Yov Galan, said there were, <coughs> we are imposing a complete siege on Gaza. There will be no electricity, no food, no water, no fuel, because the people of Gaza are human animals. <coughs> the general, <coughs> Iyal Karim, who is considered the moral leader of the IDF, was voted in by the Knesset as the moral leader of the IDF. He has made a moral ruling stating <clears throat> that Soldiers are morally permitted to rape Palestinian women in times of war. Thank, thank you. That's all the time you have. President Rodoni, there are no additional speakers in the queue. Okay, that concludes open time for today. We're going to move on to item four, which is the consent calendars. We now take up the consent calendars, and I'll take public comment on both consent calendars, items four and five now, first on in Zoom and then in the chamber. Please identify the item number that you're speaking to and either the agenda calendar A or B. First on Zoom, Al, any commenters on the consent calendar? President Rodani, there are no speakers in the queue. And then coming back to the chamber, anyone in the chamber wish to speak on consent calendar A or B? Seeing no one, I'm going to bring it back to the board and see if any item wants to be pulled off consent A. I'll move consent A. Thank you. Been moved by Supervisor Lucan, second by Supervisor Moulton Peters to approve consent A. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? That motion's carried. Uh, consent calendar B. Anyone wish to remove anything from consent calendar B? Um, can I have a motion, please, on consent calendar B? Moved by Stephanie Moulton second. Peters, second by Katie Rice. Mm -hmm. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you very much. So that brings us to item six, and it's a request from the county executive to appoint a new health and human services director, and I'll turn it over to the county executive. Good morning, supervisors, and we're, I'm excited to present this item to you. Um, as you know, after a nationwide recruitment and a very competitive process, is recommended that your board confirm the appointment of Dr. Lisa Barhus to the Director of Health and Human Services. Um, Lisa joins us. Uh, she's currently the Director of Health, Housing, and Community Services for the City of Berkeley. Under that capacity, they oversee uh, public health, mental health, environmental health, housing and community services, as well as aging services. Uh, prior to her tenure at the City of Berkeley, uh, Dr. Varhus served a decade for Alameda County Health Care Service Agency as the Director of Children and Youth Initiatives, as well as an Associate Director. Um, Dr. Warhus, uh, Barhus, I'm sorry, uh, holds a uh, bachelor degree in psychology from UC Berkeley and a master's degree and doctoral degree from Warhus University in Denmark. So I'm learning my Danish here as, as we go. 
So uh, it's with great pleasure that I want to welcome um, Lisa to our team and give her a chance to say a few words uh, prior to your board's action. Very good. So we're, we're going to go to public comments first and first in chamber, and then we'll go to online. Good morning. Raleigh Kassman, Association of Public Employees. The doctor knows we are the union that represents most of the people who work in your department. I want to say hello and congratulations appointment. We're looking forward to working with you. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisor Sarah Jones, Director of the Community Development Agency, and uh, I want to echo Raleigh uh, in uh, welcoming Dr. Vorhus. I, CDA and HHS are, are an incredibly important partnership here in this county. We uh, in CDA would not be able to accomplish our most essential goals and initiatives without working with HHS, and I know that it's really important to your board that we, uh, that we are collaborating in this way. Um, and uh, you know, I will make the bold assumption that you are going to vote to appoint Dr. Voorhees, and I just wanna say thank you uh, for doing that. I wanna welcome Dr. Voorhees to the department head group. We can be a little feisty, but uh, we get a lot done. So thank you. Thank you. Others in the chamber coming up. Hi, good morning. Um, Nicole Tyler, Chief Strategy Officer for Health and Human Services. Wanted to take a moment to also welcome Dr. Lisa Voros, is that right, to our team. We're really excited to have you and look forward to the future to come. So thank you. Good morning, Jesse Peran, um, Chief Operations Officer and Acting Director, and looking forward to Dr. Varhus. Congratulations and thank you. Great, terrific. Uh, Al, anyone online? Representative Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. Okay, I think I'd like to appoint you before we ask you to speak. So, can I have a motion <laughs> to that effect, please? Move appointment. Second. So, it's been moved by Stephanie Moulton Peters and second by Katie Rice. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Welcome, Doctor. So first, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I know I'm an outsider to this community, and this is a community that has very robust leadership. Um, and um, you put me as well as others through a very rigorous interview process, um, and that tells me how seriously. Um, this board and this county administrator and the executive and leadership of this county take seriously leadership positions in this county, which is what makes me so happy to be here and joining um, all of you. Um, I have felt incredibly welcome in the only two hours that I have been sitting in this chamber. Um, I'm excited to hear there's a feisty team because I can be a little feisty from time to time. Um, and I just want to say I um, am truly honored uh, to be coming into this community um, to start afresh uh, in a county um, that I can that I will care about, and I look forward first and foremost in meeting the people and the communities and getting out and around this this vast area and really digging in and getting to know all of you um, and this entire community. So thank you very very much. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. Thank you so much. 
All right, we're gonna move on to item six, seven, wait a minute, okay. Item six, I believe, is a request from the county executive to extend the term option agreement between trust, trust for Public Land and the county regarding the TPL product, property on Sir Francis Drake and take related action. I'll turn it over to Matthew. So supervisors, I will give a brief overview and then I have uh, Chief Weber here to answer any specific questions you have as well as David Spear. Um, so as your board may recall, on December 13th, 2022, your board entered into an option to purchase the San Geronimo golf property. Um, on October 17th, your board exercised our first option of, of 90 days. Uh, and what is before you today is the second extension. As we mentioned at that time in October, we expected to have to do this second extension so that we can finish our envir environmental review process. Um, wanna remind you that the, the payment of $30,000 for the extension would be credited to the purchase price if we go forward with this purchase. And with that high level overview, I'm happy to answer any questions. And like I said, uh, Chief Weber's here as well. All right, we're gonna bring it back to the board for any questions of the Chief of uh, County Executive or Chief Weber. All right, I'm gonna open it up to public comment first online, Al. Rodoni, Next item is item from Public Works. Item eight is a proposal from the Department of Public Works to rescind, replace, and establish speed limits on Almonte Boulevard, Marshall Petaluma Road, Los Ranchitos Road, North San Pedro Road, San Pedro Road, and we're looking forward to the staff report. Welcome. Great, thank you. Uh, my name is Farid Javandel. I'm the uh, manager of the Public Works Transportation Division, and I want to start this out by saying that. Uh, while we've brought a package of multiple speed limits before you, the first thing I'm gonna do is ask that we amend the ordinance to drop Los Ranchitos Road um, and move forward with the others. Uh, in particular, we are looking at uh, Assembly Bill 43 that authorizes uh, starting after June 30th, the opportunity to make additional modifications to speed limits as something that will help us to post more appropriate speed limits on Los Ranchitos. And in the meantime, We've got a grant uh, funding for a speed feedback sign that we would like to post there, which we think may influence the traffic behavior in the meantime, and we can come back with updated speed measurements uh, since that is the basis upon which speed limits are established is the, the measured speeds and then all the modifiers that the vehicle code allows us to make to those. So with that um, kind of laid out first to say we'd, we'd like to drop Los Ranchitos, but move ahead to uh, do the others. A quick summary of what we've got is that um, starting at Almonte Boulevard, we have an existing 35 mile an hour speed limit and we're looking to essentially renew that at the same speed. Uh, similarly on Marshall Petaluma Road, the existing speed limit is 40 miles an hour and we are again recommending 40. So there's no change there. 
both segments of Los Ranchitos uh, are currently posted at 25, and we haven't been able to update that speed limit in a while because we keep running into the same problem that we have now, which is why we're asking to drop that for now. And we'll come back to you with something that I think will be uh, more favorable and well-supported. Then moving on to North San Pedro Road, we've got three segments. The uh, segment um, between Adrian Terrace and Buck's Landing currently doesn't have uh, a speed survey that's valid. So we are establishing a new speed limit of 30 miles an hour for that segment. Then on North San Pedro from Bucks Landing to east of Miwok Fire Road, the existing speed limit is 30, and we are proposing to retain that speed limit. And the last segment is North San Pedro Road between Miwok Fire Road and the uh, county San Rafael boundary, not the county's boundary per se, but where the city jurisdiction begins and our road jurisdiction ends. Uh, currently 25, and we are retaining 25. So for the most part, this is not changing anything. It's uh, reestablishing the speed surveys um, can be extended under current state law up to 14 years, but these are giving us all new ones. So everything that is adopted today can be extended for 14 years from today unless we find reasons that they need to be changed or change roadway conditions or something significant. Uh, so I will leave it at that, but happy to answer any questions and give you a heads up that I will be coming back to you hopefully next month with more information on how exactly we set speed limits and what AB 43 and Vision Zero and a whole number of other things uh, may be able to do for us at the county. Terrific. Thank you. Questions? Uh, Mary, do you have questions? Um, not any questions, but comments. I appreciate Fari bringing this and, and mentioning removing sections three and four of the staff report. Um, I appreciate it. We have a bit of a complicated jurisdictional issue in there, but also recognizing that that is a um, well-traveled pedestrian and bicycle pathway. And so before increasing any speeds there, we just wanna make sure we're doing the right thing. Um, really with an eye to what um, AB 43 may be able to bring to us as far as designating that as a safety corridor while we're working on other infrastructure improvements. Thank you. Other questions? Um, okay, I'm seeing none. So we're going to go online for comments, please, Al. Yes, the first speaker is iPhone. Please unmute. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Thank you. This is uh, Damien here, um, born and raised in Marin City. I, I, I think this item um, is on the agenda for Marin City CSD tomorrow. Ms. Moulton Peters, supervisor, can uh, attest to that. But the items you, you that you're talking about now, discussing now, are, are uh, I'm sure most likely are all white communities, white uh, uh, districts. I mean, the white areas. And in Marin City, we have an issue that has come up many, 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 I'm talking about dozens of times. And that's speaking to the next item. No, I'm not, uh, Mr. Mahima, you're cutting me off. Give me more time. I'm talking about okay. the, well, maybe, I don't know. It's, it's about- Lucky. Go ahead, go ahead, Damien, finish your comment. It's regarding uh, the area right by Rocky Graham Park and where 825 may be about putting up signs to inform drivers that 
Uh, many kids and families are in the area. It's a dangerous area. People are not, excuse, not dangerous, it's an area that could be dangerous, potentially dangerous for uh, families and kids who are very popular park. My, my, my comments are public works should be at the meeting tomorrow also. Maybe they are, I don't think so. With CSD in discussions regarding making necessary changes to that uh, part of Drake Avenue to make sure families are safe. Um, so again, public works. Tomorrow at CSD, there's a meeting. I'm pretty sure it's on the agenda to make some necessary changes, uh, advertise, uh, put up signage, something to keep families safe. If it's if it's next on the agenda, I didn't know that. Excuse me. No, you're you're good. Uh, Thank you, Dan. My mistake, Mr. Morgan. Thank you. So, anyone else, Al? Yes, the next speaker is Warren Wells. Please unmute. Hi, this is Warren Wells from the Marin County Bicycle Coalition. Uh, I just wanted to take a quick second to thank uh, Supervisor Sackett and staff for um, their flexibility and, and openness to looking at um, uh, kind of additional treatments on this section of Los Ranchitos Road to make sure we don't bump the speed limit up a bunch, given that it is kind of the we're one of the only routes between uh, Terra Linda and San Rafael and the, the rest of um, Central Marin. So really appreciate uh, the the quick action here. Thank you so much. Anyone in the chamber doesn't look like it. So I'll bring it back to staff for any additional comments. Sure. Um, responding to the public comment, if I may, uh, just want to share with you that uh, Dan Dawson, our principal transportation planner, will be attending the Marin City uh, meeting tomorrow, and he'll have some updates with respect to Rocky Graham and several other things that we are working on. So uh, we, we do share the speaker's concern about safety there, and we're looking at uh, improved crossings and signage, uh, a number of things. In fact, we're doing some data collection right now, right next to the park, so we are definitely in the process and uh, not going to forget about it. Thank you so much. Anything else? That's it? Very good. So you're being asked to approve an amended introduction of the ordinance and direct the clerk of the board to place the ordinance on the January 20, the amended ordinance on the January 23rd, 24th consent calendar for adoption. Would someone like to make that motion? I'll move that item. And I'll second. Okay, Can move. I just make a quick comment? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I just, um, it just strikes me that you know, we're dealing with roads that were designed decades ago to accommodate cars and not to accommodate people. And the old rules about how speed limits are established with regards to how fast the 85% of the cars are going is, is arcane. Um, and I just, um, so I, I appreciate the need for legislation that allows for different tools, but it's just really a reflection of the, the 50s and 60s and car culture when our communities were built around the design of impalas and station wagons and, <laughs> and folks really cruising around corners fast. So um, I just wanted to make that remark. We're dealing with infrastructure design that supports faster driving cars and we're needing to find ways to get people to slow down um thank anyway. you yeah no thank you for that any additional comments by board members thank you supervisor yes i uh, i just wanted to clarify with supervisor sackett that her uh, motion to amend was removing section one paragraphs eight and nine and section two paragraphs three a and three b from the ordinance correct Thank you. And you're happy with that? Yes. Thank you. The second is happy with that. Okay. 
So any, if there's no other comments, we can vote on this. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, abstain. That motion carries, so thank you. Okay, we're gonna convene now as the successor. Oh, sorry, we're going to, I guess, uh, adjourn as the Board of Supervisors and convene as a successor agency to the Dissolvement County Redevelopment Agency. And this is the amended uh, minutes and information from staff. All right. I'm going to ask for public comments uh, for the first item on the, no, I'm out of We're order on here. 9A, organization of the board. There we go. Thank I you. would love to move uh, organization of the board, um, electing Supervisor Rodoni as chair and Supervisor Sackett as vice chair. Second. Then moved and second that we appoint the chair and vice chair. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Abstain? Thank you. So we appointed the chair and vice chair. And we're looking for any uh, public comments on that item. Got this on my notes, so we'll pass on that. Board of Commissioner Matters. Nope. Any comments? Uh, minutes? Seeing none, uh, 9D is open time for public. Sorry. I, I just want to note that we need to approve the minutes. I, mo I move approval of the minutes, 9B. Second. You. Then moved and second, we approve the minutes. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed, abstain. Those minutes are approved. Now we'll move on to 9C. And I don't see any commissioner reports. 9D is an opportunity for public to comment on this item, which is the, uh, which is item number uh, eight, item number nine, sorry. Any comments online, Al? Yes, we have Damien, please unmute. Hi, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. Um, to be clear, to be fair, I don't have the item in front of me. Um, I'm not sure if you're making some uh, big changes today with this item. Uh, I am pretty familiar with this uh, agency and, and its objectives and goals. Um, will you give uh, some background to the average person who doesn't understand this or really have, you know knows about this item? It can be confusing. Whatever you're voting on, I imagine you're moving things forward. Would you give some background and kind of explain uh, why this agency came into play and the goals and the role of this agency, please? Uh, you know, a minute or two would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. There are no additional speakers in the queue. And I see no one in the chamber for open time. So we'll go to staff. Maybe you could respond to that comment and give us a little sure. history. Happy to. The item before you today is the um, successor agency, which is to the dissolved redevelopment agency's annual budget. And the redevelopment agency was founded. I, actually, I'm not going to say when it was because I don't remember right now. But it was founded a number of years ago to... Um, do redevelopment activities in the Marin City community. And um, it included the um, extending the, the exit ramp to make it transit easier in that area. And it, it added housing through the Marin City USA project, as well as redevelop the shopping center. 
and those were all activities and, and added additional um, affordable and moderate income housing in the Marin City community. And the um, redevelopment agency levied bonds, issued bonds to pay for those activities, which are now actually scheduled to be repaid next year. So the way redevelopment worked was that the tax increment was frozen. And so the, it affected the tax, the agencies that would normally receive property taxes. And those property taxes came to the redevelopment agency. When the redevelopment agency was dissolved in 2011, it put some additional restrictions on it. And so no new debt could be issued. So in, since then, we've just been winding the agency down. And we have a few activities left. Obviously, the major one is the bond, which will be repaid, as I mentioned, in 2011 uh, or next year, sorry, in 2025. So um, that is kind of background on the redevelopment agency and where we are. And I'm happy to speak to the specific um, item in front of you, the, the budget. So as I mentioned, the item before you is the annual budget for the successor agency for the period of July 2024 through June of 2025, known as the Recognized Obligation Payment Schedule, or ROPS. We can never go without some acronyms. Um, and there are no significant changes to the budget from last year. However, it's worth noting that in September 2025, the final payment on the bonds will be made, leaving only two obligations for the successor agency to complete. And that includes the housing assistance payment, which continues till 2041, and the funding commitment for the community center, which continues until that those funds have been paid um, to the community services district. And after your approval of the budget, it must be approved by the countywide oversight board and then submitted to the State Department of Finance for their review and approval. And um, we just want to make note that there was an error on the spreadsheet that is in front of you. Um, the numbers are all the same, but one of the numbers was in the incorrect column. So we've passed out to those corrected um, version and there's also copies of that available to the public. And we're happy to answer any questions that you may have. Very good. And Lily's talking about item 9E at this point. So questions on 9E. Yes, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Leah. I think you answered in your question. Um, I know some of these ROPs went out 30 years. It sounds like there is some obligation that goes till 2041. So the successor agency in this annual item will continue to be on our agenda till 2041. And at that point, does the successor agency dissolve? Yes, it goes through the period of our obligations. So um, uh, this one obligation, as I mentioned, goes through 2020. 41. There'll be fewer meetings. We won't do the annual audit. For example, we're required currently to have in front of you in um, December present the annual audit, and that requirement goes away when the bonds are repaid. But this meeting would um, still continue through then. Um, and there's two other redevelopment agencies in the county. San Rafael has one, and as does Novato. San Rafael's is is winding up, I think, this year, and I'm not sure what the term is of Novato's. I, th I think they had some 30-year obligations, mm -hmm. I remember. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Other questions? Yeah, you won't see. Yeah. Thank you, Lily, for the report, and thank you for the background. It's always helpful to get it. Can you go ahead and repeat for the housing assistance payment that was 2041, and then the funding commitment to the 
center. Is that also 2041? It, it's actually just through when they spend the money. So I'm sure it's not going to be 2041. I, you know, I'm hoping that that is in the next few years um, that those funds are expended. There's a little over $700,000 available to them as um, part of that ongoing commitment. And so when those funds are spent, then, then that will, that item will go Got away. And, um, you didn't come prepared to comment on this, but maybe you can. That seven hundred thousand, what it, what is covered by those funds, or what is eligible? Yeah, it's it it can be used for a variety of things, including replacement if they were going to rebuild the community center, or for repairs to it. And there's some more specifics that I I don't have it in front of me, but they're it's it's fairly general. So for repairs or replacement of the of the community center. Great, Great. thank you. Mm -hmm. Very helpful. Other questions? All right, we'll go to the public for public comment online first. Ms. Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. I see no one in the chamber. So we're being asked to approve the recognized obligation payment schedule and authorize that two staff to submit the ROPS to the State Department of Finance. And can we get a motion to that I'll make effect? That motion. Second. So moved by Commissioner Sackett. All those in favor, aye, opposed, abstain. Thank you, that passes. So now we're going to adjourn as the successor agency of the Dissolve Marin County Redevelopment Agency and reconvene as the Board of Supervisors. We have item 10 to complete and item 10 is, uh, is two items, two appointments and we'll take public comment at this time starting online on items 10A and 10B. Al, anyone want to make comments on 10A or 10B? President Rodoni, there are no speakers in the queue. And I see no one in the chamber. So the first item is the Disaster Citizens Corp Council, and we have one expir expiration and the same person has applied. If someone could make I that move, motion. I uh, move Lucayos for reappointment. Second. Been moved and second for Lucayos to be reappointed on the Disaster Council. All those in favor, say aye. aye. Opposed, abstain. Uh, Thank you. Item B is Integrated Pest Management Commission. We have one term expiration and one person applied. I'd move Kevin Sandlier, Sandlier for reappointment. Second. Then moved and second uh, by Supervisor Moulton Peters and second by Rice to make the reappointment. The incumbent, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Aye, oppose, abstain. Thank you. That concludes the appointments. And we're going to adjourn, but prior to adjourning to closed session and a short recess, uh, we need to get public comments on closed session items. Al, anyone in this Zoom want to make comment on closed session items? President Rutani, there are no speakers in the queue. And I see no one in the chamber, so we are recessing till 2 p.m. and we will go into closed session at 12 p.m. We would like to get a picture of the board before we leave though. So we'll adjourn and go to photo ops.
Morgan. Morgan? That's an email. That's yeah. Email. Yeah. 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 I've seen you in the hallway. All right, staff's ready to go. So we're um, reconvening as the Board of Supervisors in open session. We took no action on the closed session items, so there's nothing to report. The 2 p.m. item today is a request from County Executive to approve the proposed, proposed 2024 federal and state platforms and general policy guidelines. Matthew, do you want to kick this off? Ariel, can I kick it off? Okay, thank you. Good afternoon, board. Uh, I'm Ariel Espiritu Santo, Assistant County Executive. I'm joined here with Talia Smith, and we're very pleased to present to you today our proposed 2024 legislative platform for the county. So this platform outlines our county's, county's um, priorities and positions on state and federal policy. It's an important document because it allows staff to respond quickly um, in response to approving or opposing any legislation when it's aligned. Ariel, we just wanna get up the uh, slide presentation. Sure. There you go. So you can move to the next slide. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, so as I was saying, uh, it outlines our, our priorities and our positions and allows staff to respond quickly uh, with support or opposition letters whenever the issue is aligned with our position that has been laid out in the platform. It also guides our county policy development and response to various issues. So I'm just kicking it off and I'm gonna turn it over to Talia who will speak a bit more about the process we went through to develop this platform and the details from the state, federal, and general perspective. Thank you. Thank you and good afternoon board. Um, it is my pleasure to talk with you today about our 2024 legislative platform. Uh, so very quickly, we actually don't have this on a uh, slide, but I just did wanna share uh, with you all the development of this platform, of course, starts with last year's document as a base. We then meet with all of our departments get feedback from them. We then each get feedback from each of you board members uh, and as well as consult various stakeholders. Uh, we have some members of the Commission on Aging in the room today. They also provided input as well as our other boards and commissions. Uh, and then finally, we do uh, run this by all of our partner agencies. So this document is a uh, collective platform um, in the way that you can uh, put that together that represents an entire uh, county's general viewpoints on issues. So with that, I'm gonna actually move to the next slide. We're just gonna start on the state here. So this first slide, actually, if you could move to the next slide, please. We just wanna recap this last year. So last year when I was talking to you at this time, we were talking about the state's record 2022 $100 billion surplus. 
Uh, and then last year that swung over to a $30 billion deficit. So we really had a dramatically different fiscal landscape this last year. A lot of this was a result of a slowed economy, high inflation, uh, decreased stock market and other earnings that were down. The state really did plug this hole at the end of the day by using one-time reserves, by doing fund shifts, which is basically using non-general fund dollars um, and a new managed care tax, and then largely really delaying a lot of spending to future years. I did want to point out that our assembly member, Damon Connolly, was really critical in still getting us some crucial one-time funding for high-priority needs in the county. One was $530,000 for West Marin EMS equipment and services that our volunteer fire districts can use. Another was a million dollars uh, towards new playgrounds and equipment at Golden Gate Village. So we're very grateful for him and his staff that secured that even in a deficit year. Uh, major legislation last year, uh, it's hard to not talk about behavioral health. SB 43, which was Senator Eggman's bill, which expanded the definition of grave disability. Most recently last month, your board joined 56 of 58 county boards in delaying implementation of SB 43 to no later than uh, January 2026. Uh, we also passed Senate Bill 326 and Assembly Bill 531. I promise this whole presentation won't be wonky bill numbers, um, but together those actually comprised Proposition 1, which is going to be on the ballot in, no, in uh, March 2024. That is the governor's uh, stated one of his highest priorities. And together, those two bills, one of them is actually revamps the 2004 Mental Health Services Act. So changes essentially the buckets that counties use their funding for. Uh, and then the other bill is a $6.4 billion bond towards behavioral health housing. So just wanted to mention that was a big year for behavioral health last year. Housing, uh, Senator Wiener's SB 423 did pass. It did extend SB 35. Uh, Senator McGuire did sign on as a co-author, so we did have some input um, that our community development director, Sarah Jones, was very involved with uh, in trying to uh, shape that to better serve communities here. Um, but we're gonna continue to monitor the impacts of that legislation. And then finally, one of the major bills from last year was SB 525, which actually created a minimum wage for healthcare workers in the state. Um, this bill uh, is phased in over the next few years, but uh, it is going to cost a lot of money. Um, in its first year alone next year, uh, the state estimates it will cost $4 billion. Um, so moving on to the next slide. Uh, this is a perfect tee-up uh, to our most recent projections from the LAO, which is that the state this next year no longer has a $30 billion deficit, but projected to have a $68 billion deficit. Um, so we, as our other counties and our associations, are closely monitoring what does that mean for counties and county services. Um, there is talk, rumors of potentially a new realignment of course, here in Marin, we're in excess ERAF County, so we're going to be very closely uh, monitoring any impacts to local revenues. Um, and also, I should just point out that today is January 9th, and tomorrow, January 10th, the governor will release his January budget, so we'll have more information then.
I just wanted to uh, say, as we're looking on the state level to the next year, uh, bonds are going to be big. There were a lot of bonds that came out of last year's legislative cycle. More than are going to be put on the ballot. There's only one on the ballot in March. It's Proposition 1. It's the Behavioral Health Bond. Um, but you're going to see our legislature and governor's administration in heated discussions through the spring of which bonds are going to go on the ballot in November 24. We won't know that until the spring. Um, but there's everything from natural resources bonds to affordable housing bonds um, to even a food equity bond. Uh, finally, I just wanted to highlight on legislation that uh, homeowners insurance continues to be a major issue across California. Last year, seven of the 12 top insurers in California left the state, um, or I should say are no longer issuing new policies in the state. Uh, we did expect at the end of last year's legislative cycle that there was supposed to be a deal between the legislature and the insurance companies. Um, but apparently that did not come to fruition, mainly because there was not an equity component in the deal, meaning that uh, they did not take into account, for instance, if you are the homeowner of a mobile home in a high-risk fire area versus a very large high-value home, there wasn't a uh, way to account for rate increases to not disproportionately affect lower-income homeowners. So we're certainly con continuing to look at that. Um, and of course, uh, Proposition 103, which was passed in 1988, continues to really dictate um, many of the challenges California has in its homeowner insurance market, uh, both that there's a limit on passing on the cost of reinsurance and that insurance companies cannot, first of all, they have to get their increases approved by the state, which is a long process. And second of all, that they their forecast modeling can only use past, not future modeling. So we're gonna to continue to watch that. Potentially see more housing bills. There's more talk, especially about the coastal zone. And then finally, I could not um, do this looking to 2024 slide uh, without acknowledging, of course, our state Senator Mike McGuire, who represents Marin, is named the new Senate president pro tem. Uh, very exciting for us here in his district, um, but we are looking forward to seeing what his leadership uh, is in the next year. Moving on to federal, uh, interesting year on the federal side in 2023. Uh, the Republican House uh, did just pass 27 bills into law this is in comparison over the last 10 Congresses of 391 per session. So it was a very low uh, bill count this last year. We also just had a lot of leadership changes, um, both in the House on the Republican side, anyone who reads the news knows that, um, but of course also Senator Dianne Feinstein did pass away this last year and Senator LaFonza Butler is in an interim role in that seat for 14 months. So uh, certainly, I think a lot of California jurisdictions are waiting for that new senator to be uh, decided in the 24 elections so we can really start establishing permanent relationships with that office and you know, have uh, good working relationships going forward. Um, in the meantime, of course, we are working with Senator Butler's office. Uh, I just wanted to note that uh, Congressman Huffman did include in his requests, there's an asterisk in there, these are requests, it is not finalized. It is 
totally contingent on a funding bill being passed, uh, but uh, support for West Marin Dairies, as well as to Eden Housing for the Point Reyes Coast Guard Housing Development. So uh, we are hopeful those pass, um, and you will be among the first to know if they do. All right, uh, next slide, please. So 2024 on the federal side, uh, there is a big election. So that looms large. We'll see what happens. Um, importantly, here in California, as we stated, we will get a new senator, which is exciting. Um, our, I should have updated this slide as of yesterday. Apparently, there's been a deal reached between the Republican House and the Democrat Senate for funding. Uh, so the current continuing resolutions expired January 19th and February 2nd. Uh, but apparently, if they miraculously get 12 spending bills done before then, we will not have a shutdown government. So um, that is uh, something to uh, hope for in the next few weeks. I'm actually going to come back to this middle point and just also highlight that this is the last year of the current Biden administration. We do not know what will happen in 24. Uh, but certainly the Biden administration uh, is in alignment with many of your board's goals as it comes to housing vouchers, social safety net programs, affordable housing. So, uh, you know, certainly the secretaries that are in his cabinet that are leading these agencies might be more uh, friendly to advancing some of these goals. So we are really going to be working on that in the next year. Uh, I do want to say we have a focus on critical infrastructure and just infrastructure in general. Uh, California is not alone in that uh, many states have been trying to push out the funding under the two major infrastructure packages from 21 and 22, and it just takes a while. So um, I, I'm sure you've heard that the Democrats really want some of those projects to start getting built uh, because it, they want to remind people of the importance of these funding packages that were passed. Uh, but a lot of those projects are still in the applying for programs phase, still in the planning phase. Um, so we are certainly uh, advancing some of our major projects, but we're still in the applying for grant opportunities phase. And I listed two really key ones that we are going to need federal support. One is the flood wall in Santa Venetia. And the other one is the Bolinas Road, a 6.5-mile stretch that had nine landslides last year in the winter storms. Um, each of these, uh, you know, is upwards of 20 to $40 million projects. So we're not going to be able to do this without federal support. Next slide, please. Um, oh, sorry, could you go? Actually, this is fine. Um, I just want to point out really quickly that these are just general uh, key items in here, and our legislative document is a whopping 18 pages, so there's a lot more than in the next few slides, but to avoid giving you all the same presentation every year, we've decided to just focus on some items that were either new or currently in focus for various policy reasons, so just want to let you all know that. Uh, so starting with some general guidelines, we already talked about the $68 billion state deficit, so we are certainly going to be monitoring uh, what impacts at the local level that might mean in terms of the state uh, having un new unfunded mandates or looking at taking local tax dollars. Agriculture, uh, there is talk of a Williamson Act cleanup bill this year, so um, we are partnering with our local agricultural communities uh, to see how updates 
can really reflect the needs in West Marin. So this includes, of course, agritourism, uh, ensuring small farms benefit um, just as, as much as larger farms from updates, and as well as addressing substandard housing uh, for the workers that served these, these businesses in this economy. Also honoring indigenous peoples, we really did put a, a new section there that we felt was rather robust in reflecting your board's priorities of ensuring access to cultural resources uh, and accurate historical narratives here in Marin of the uh, history of indigenous people that have been in this county for more than 10,000 years. Next slide, please. Housing and homelessness. Uh, certainly as Marin uh, focuses on implementing its housing element and building 3,569 units under the regional housing needs allocation. Uh, there is certainly a focus on need for funding from the state level and not just for the development of housing, but there's so much infrastructure required with new housing as well. So we're looking at utilities, transportation, roads. Uh, also last year in Senate Bill 423, we certainly have looked at how can we um, you know, come up with a solution rather than using countywide AMI versus um, more localized median incomes just to ensure that under-resourced areas, not only in Marin, but in other counties are not disproportionately impacted by development. Um, also on homelessness, we have been talking about a fiscal cliff for many years from home key and other COVID era programs, and we are actually nearing it um, just as we go into a deficit. So finally, there also was an emphasis on prevention of homelessness. So these are rent subsidy programs, rapid rehousing dollars, ensuring people can get the support they need before they fall into homelessness. Next slide, please. Um, we also, of course, have talked about Proposition 1 and MHSA reforms. So I'm not going to talk too much about that because we actually are going to be, again, discussing the ballot initiatives for the March ballot with your board in early February. Uh, there is an emphasis in our plan on childcare, uh, Certainly looking at long-term revenue streams, Prop 10 tobacco tax uh, has been decreasing as people in California have, for good reasons, uh, consumed less tobacco, but certainly we need uh, long-term funding for childcare. Uh, older adults, uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I really did just wanna emphasize the participation from the Commission on Aging in this plan and shaping it and giving their input and ensuring that this plan really uh, reflects both your board's priorities and also the needs of that community, uh, as well as individuals with living with disabilities here in Marin. So um, not only IHSS, but ensuring there are caregiver programs available for those who fall into eligibility gaps, ensuring there's adequate residential options. Uh, we also just wanna mention public guardian and conservatorship, Senate Bill 43, expansion of grave disability that falls under the realm of conservatorship and uh, public guardian services and uh, those continue to not be funded by the state so we're looking at if there's more people falling into conservatorship either under care act senate bill 43 where are counties going to get the funding for that and finally a focus continues on combating fentanyl use not only in our county but statewide and we are looking at those payments from opioid settlements coming in and able to expand our local programs from those. Uh, next slide, please. 
Transportation and infrastructure, we continue to look at flooding issues on 37 and Highway 101, especially at Marin Cities. So partnering uh, with multi-agencies and jurisdictions on those. We did add the Richmond Centerfall Bridge into our platform this year. I do want to just uh, a note on that. Our language, uh, which we developed in partnership with TAM, is to certainly monitor legislation on this. We did have a Connolly bill last year on Richmond Centerfall Bridge, so we are monitoring what else comes up. And we want to continue to have a focus on the people that are affected, um, certainly by this commute over the Richmond Centerfall Bridge on both sides of it. Uh, transit, just last week, there was a Senator Aisha Wahab bill to consolidate all transit agencies within the MTC metro area. We will see where that happens, I mean, where that goes, um, but we do expect potentially more transit bills coming up this cycle. And then finally, uh, I did want to congratulate Supervisor Sackett, um, of course, who worked on Assembly Bill 1778 with Assemblymember Con Connolly, which would create new regulations uh, for e-bike safety. Uh, it's not passed, it is proposed. <laughs> uh, next slide, and we are almost done. Public safety, as always, uh, your board has a high emphasis on disaster preparedness, what we can do for fire prevention, funding for evacuation routes, planning. Um, the Bolinas Road actually really falls into this as a major evacuation and firefighting route. Homeowners insurance, we already talked about this, uh, and streamlining emergency work. Last year, the governor had an executive order from the major 22-23 storms that allowed jurisdictions essentially to cut through the red tape and be able to remove debris, clean um, you know, areas that were affected, and uh, restore after the effects of flooding. And there's been a big push by a lot of counties that we need those streamlining abilities, you know, not just in an abnormal storm year in 22-23, but going forward in order to adequately respond to storms and especially climate change caused storms. As well as juvenile justice, we do expect more bills this year, which we will monitor. All right, next slide. Climate change, sea level rise is a huge priority of your board and our county's work. The administration did launch several years ago a cutting green tape initiative, which uh, was to streamline environmentally beneficial projects. And many of these would fall under the umbrella of supporting the county sea level rise initiative. So think wetland restoration, uh, other projects that would restore uh, levees and provide flood control. So we're taking a look at that. Uh, water conservation and drought resilience, we had a opposite year last year of that, but uh, so far this year, snowpack is only at 25% of normal, so we'll see how this year's winter uh, looks. And then Tamales Bay, I know Supervisor Rodoni, you have worked uh, really in partnership on this one. In West Marin, we certainly have many different jurisdictions that have parklands, um, uh, you know, access to utilities in the area, and just like one TAM, we are looking at where else can we leverage multi-jurisdictional efforts, both state, federal, water district, county, um, and other community services districts to really uh, move forward all priorities. Uh, next slide, please. This is our last slide. So technology, uh, we continue to advance broadband projects. Uh, Supervisor Lucan actually this year uh, brought us into 2024, adding artificial intelligence to our legislative platform. 
Uh, so certainly us, like other government agencies, are going to be monitoring, you know, how can government agencies use this and certainly accounting for regulations that are needed to protect against bias and ensure cybersecurity. Uh, but we, you know, want to look at how, you know, use of that can help us deliver services as well as how state and federal agencies are using this. Thank you, Talia, for walking us through the details of the platform. So the next steps are that we share this with our legislative delegation and our lobbyists. And then just a reminder that we as a county, we're not in this alone. So we are working in partnership and collaboration with other agencies throughout the county, as well as our cities and regional partners. So with that, we will turn it over to you all for any questions or comments. Thank you, thank you very much, uh, Talia and Ariel. Great report and update. We're going to come back to uh, the board for questions. Uh, Supervisor Sackett, anything? I pre thank you very much. Um, we went over our priorities this morning, and I would like to start over and say what they said here because I think you've captured them all. I appreciate that. Um, much more comprehensive on the partners. I guess I'm just thinking. I really appreciate kind of the dialogue and sharing it with them so we're all on the same page. What comes to mind when I look at the slide is, are we, you know, what about our like utilities, um, water and sewer in particular and sea level rise and then education um, as well, because I think that our housing goals do have um, an intersection with our education partners. Um, so maybe in future versions to, to just sort of run by so that we're aligned and, and can work together on some of those issues too. Thank you. You wanna address that in any way? <laughs> Sorry. Certainly, thank you. And it actually did uh, come up this year in our fall meetings, just the importance of seeing what support we as the county can provide to school districts when we know we we share many housing goals of being able to utilize lands and develop for workforce housing. So thank you for your attention to that. And certainly in the future, uh, we will add those to the list of partners to share this with. Thank you. Supervisor Walton Peters, anything? Supervisor Lucan, Supervisor Rice. Just one thing. Talia, um, thank you so much for the report and all the work that went into this. Um, really appreciate you taking our input and then circling back and incorporating. Um, I just noticed one thing and I wanted to, and I missed it when we were meeting, um, on the flood control and watershed management under on page eight, uh, under transportation infrastructure. Um, and I've been thinking about this, and so what I'm going to ask is wondering if this language would cover what I'm thinking about. Uh, explore efforts to modernize the district statute to be more consistent with other Bay Area counties. And I raise that because I'm thinking about some of our flood zone districts that were, um, that were created by statute decades and decades ago and may not actually be as facile and or... Um, I don't want to say it's not, it's not about governance structure. It's about, I'm thinking specifically about flood zone nine, multiple jurisdictions involved in making decisions around, around uh, flooding that is a region wide issue. And I think that uh, like um, 
our more newly created MWPA, the wildfire JPA, which really is much more specific and egalitarian in terms of really sharing decision-making and policy development, I see a need for us to be looking at our flood zones, uh, our flood district structures in that way. Um, and I'm wondering if this language uh, it can be umbrella to, to that sort of exploration as well. I don't know that there's any legislation that would be popping up organically around that, but I do think it's important. I think it's something for us to be looking at going forward. Absolutely, thank you. And I, I do know that uh, this discussion of the need for a regional approach on flood districts, as well as looking at regional for sea level rise, I know they're more and more coming together, uh, is something our, our public works director, Rosemary, as well as Sarah Jones, our CDA director, are very focused on. So uh, we certainly can, can change that language in here. And I think that that would uh, fall under the county's priorities of explorations. I'm not sure that you have to change the no. language, frankly. I, I think it, it might work. But um, I did also put a, um, I did run into Daniel earlier today and was asking him about a similar uh, exploration and just I think it's important. So anyway, I just wanted to call that out um, and appreciate your work. Thank you. And just a quick question related to the federal earmark. Um, is, is that a certainty? It's just a matter of when or may we get it in any of the 12 funding bills that are happening? This is the West Marin Dairies. It is not a certainty. Okay. So uh, there is a question as to whether the funding bills will advance this year with any of the earmarks last year. Um, and if they do, will it be any of the same funding levels? Uh, so we should know more <laughs> in the next few months, uh, but unfortunately it is not a certainty. Um, and in fact, uh, doesn't have the most optimistic view right now, but we keep our <laughs> fingers crossed. So it may take uh, a new Congress before we know. Thank you. All right, I think that's all the questions. So we're gonna go to public comment now. Um, I don't see anyone online, so we'll start in the chamber. Thank you, <clears throat> Director Preston, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good, good. So thank you, Ted Jackson with uh, the Marin Center for Independent Living and um, wanna thank the supervisors, but also thank the staff for being inclusive um, in this process of coming to this legislative agenda. We're very impressed with it and impressed with an increased number of dimensions of people with disabilities over past years. So um, really thankful for the policy around housing, public records, public transportation, health and human services, disaster preparedness, parks and rec, education and technology, kind of across the board. There were two things though that we did wanna pin out. Um, on technology, um, we're very appreciative of, uh, you know, bridging the digital divide and expanding broadband, but also we would encourage you to expand access to devices in your policies and advocacy as well as funding 
for lending programs or device distribution programs, because you can have lots of internet, but if you don't have something that you can connect to the internet on, um, in our own program, we discovered that's very important. The other thing is we would oppose efforts to amend the Voters Choice Act, uh, especially reducing the diverse voting options or the number of days available for voting without a deeper and maybe even transparent examination of the cost issues and whether or not the county is maximizing the best outreach and marketing efforts to reach the impacted communities with voter education and with input from those communities. So we wanna, we wanna make sure that before we advocate to reduce the number of days of voting in there that we're really doing the right thing and that people are being reached and know about the options that they have for early voting. Thank you. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Diana Lopez and I represent District 1 on the Marin County Commission on Aging and I'm also the chair of the Legislative Advocacy Committee. On behalf of the Commission and the Legislative Advocacy Committee, thank you to the Board of Supervisors and the County Executive's Office, Dan Eilerman and Talia and Ariel for um, supporting our participation and including our input in the development of the draft legislation platform that you're considering today. I also need to thank Commissioner Emerita Sibobutillier, who led the effort on behalf of the Commission on Aging along with several other commissioners. The Legislative Advocacy Committee has a robust and painstaking process in place that we use to follow and respond to proposed legislation that addresses the needs and well being of older adults. Um, and we're really very appreciative for your work in expanding the a concept of diversity, equity, and outreach and, and inclusion to include ageism and ableism, as well as the update of the Older Americans Act in the platform. The Legislative Advocacy Committee submitted a detailed response to the request for comment on the proposed changes to the Older Americans Act and more work, we'll be doing more work on that as we move forward this year, also for California 20, uh, 2030. Um, it, this platform provides us um, with guidance and helps us align our work with yours and it allows us to also respond quickly and effectively to time sensitive issues. And we're very grateful for this opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, I'm Sybil Boutillier, um, former commissioner for 15 years. And um, I was asked to help with the process issue as I've worked on it before. Um, I just want to thank uh, the Office of the Executive, Matthew, Dan, and uh, Ariel, and Talia, who's been just wonderful to work with for the first time, made this all so easy for us to uh, input uh, suggestions that we had and um, went over them with us when there were questions or um, on our side. And um, so it was just been a wonderful process. Um, Diana covered most of the things. Um, I was really happy uh, that we weren't able to include ageism and ableism, very important. And um, I also wanted to just call out one or two other things. Um, Talia did 
actually call out the, um, the prevention for homelessness. And this is so important when so many of our older adults are aging into homelessness. Um, it's a large proportion of the homeless, uh, new homeless people um, are older adults and they're especially folks on fixed income and their incomes are not growing at all or certainly not as much as inflation or, or as rents are going up. Um, so uh, that's, very, that's a very important element here. Um, and I was really glad to see that called out. Um, just a couple of other uh, things that weren't um, already discussed that much. Um, the Older Americans Act, which Diana did mention, um, we did talk about whether to include it again because it's been there before, but this year is especially important. There is really a strong effort to uh, cut services uh, in the different titles, um, especially in the House. And um, the we're, we're really making an effort to uh, try hard to get enhancement for funding in the areas of Title III-B, which is this, the home and community-based services. And it includes everything from congregate meals to uh, paratransit to a number of different, uh, our senior centers, um, our uh, health prevention programs. And it funds um, those programs in our county um, primarily. So just um, can you wrap up, please? The very last thing I just mentioned then is the importance of uh, caregiver family and uh, paid caregivers um, and anything that we can do for education, wage improvement um, and services to support them is very important because there aren't enough to go around in this county. So it's thank, so thank important. You. Anyone else in the chamber, please? Yes, welcome. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Dr. Leah Ketching, and I'm the coordinator for the Marin County Child Care Commission. Um, I just wanted to take a moment to thank all the staff and the supervisors um, on behalf of both the Child Care Commission and the directors of subsidized child care programs in Marin County to thank you for the inclusion of child care, a specific call out on that, um, in your legislative platform. Um, child care is crucial to the success of Marin County, um, Marin County families, and the support of the Board of Supervisors will go a very long way in advancing policies that benefit children, families, and educators in this county. Um, I would also like to um, add into the housing element that we include the early childhood workforce when we're looking at the education workforce as well, especially since early childhood educators are typically on an hourly wage and not a salaried position. Um, but I would also like to offer myself and my colleagues as a resource um, for all of you regarding childcare in Marin County. We have a lot of major studies that we're doing this year um, and a lot of exciting work coming forward that I look to forward to presenting to you all in the future. Um, but I just wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. All right, Al, we're gonna go online. See, so we have a couple of speakers. The first speaker is Clayton Smith. Please unmute. Yes, I, listening to this, I noted a small bit of attention paid to the Richmond Bridge. And I'm happy to have any attention paid to it, but I hope that the mention of it as a problem will lead to something more than just a mention uh, for many, many, many years, I don't know, 20, 30 years, that intersection going north that uh, exits to the Richmond Bridge has created such difficulties 
not just for the people of Marin, but for the people everywhere who are having to use that road in order to transact their business, get home from work, or what. This is also going to add another complexity to it, given that there's going to be a housing development built uh, right on that particular roadway that feeds to the Richmond Bridge, which will add complexity to an already difficult situation should that project get underway. And I think it's long overdue that the uh, people involved with transportation issues in this county actually start looking at some concrete solutions to the problem of people getting through that intersection in a timely fashion. It's having a negative impact on people's lives and on the economy, I believe, of Southern Marin. And so I would hope that that would be something that gets more than a mention. It gets up to the height of your priorities it deserves because it's been going on forever and it impacts so, so many more people than virtually any other issue that you're talking about. Thank you. The next speaker is Johnson Reyes from you. Yeah, this is Johnson Reynolds. Um, I'm in Maui right now, but I'm uh, president of the canal and uh, I'm a part of a Marin organizing committee and other groups like uh, Marin environmental housing uh, coalition. And I, it's, this is a thoroughgoing uh, legislative uh, platform. I, I appreciate your moving forward on all these areas, particularly on housing and homelessness that we need to, we all know that, that we need to provide uh, affordable housing for people that have been uh, closed out of that and as well as for the homeless that they have a place uh, to be and uh, to, to, to ensure the camps and the, and the, and the places that Trent, the, the uh, uh, I guess the, the, uh, uh, the other places that they are to be supported in but the main thing uh, focusing on is is the uh, the housing and the uh, support for older people and their caregivers, particularly the caregivers. And I'm glad that that's on there. We know. I'm just reminding you, and you know uh, about that is the uh, providing uh, with with the uh, public authority and with the union to try to get above $18 an hour as soon as possible for uh, the caregivers. Uh, we're really supportive of them. Thank you. Tony, there are no additional speakers. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. So I'm going to bring it back to staff to see if you wanted to respond to anything that you heard. If not, we can bring it back to the board for any uh, last comments. And Supervisor Moulton Peters, I believe yeah. you had something. Thank you. I just wanted to respond because it's come up a couple of times today, the Richmond San Rafael Bridge. And in my work on MTC, I'm very involved right now in that, along with Supervisor Sackett. So uh, not to worry. We're on this. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Seeing none, well, thank you very much for the report. And we need to uh, make a motion to accept this report. I'll move that we accept this report. Second. We have a motion and a second. All those in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Same. That motion's carried. Thanks again. Um, this finishes the board agenda for today, reminding everyone we don't meet again until 
the 23rd of uh, January with the MHA commission meeting being on January 30th at 1.30. So we look forward to seeing you then and this meeting is adjourned.